0: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman. Here with Jennifer White. Hello. I am here. Jen, we're on our roll of get to know you questions. Today's question is what is one thing you love about where you live?
1: Oh, only one? um
0: <laughs> i i mean the cool thing in my life is that
1: we move or have moved so frequently so i always feel like you get like that like romance period like a place you're like oh i get the little honeymoon period and everything is great um we've been where we are now for a and couple years the dark side and then you start to see the dark side and then you're like oh okay thank goodness we get to move away right (laughs) we get to escape Mm. from this place but actually i really where we are now i still really love it and we are here permanently which is great um it's super green and really cute where we live um it is like the like the cutest little like town like tiny town with walkable like i'm on the board for the local farmers market where you
0: are i feel like you've mentioned it
1: before um i am in glastonbury connecticut so it's just an adorable little mayberry like kind of suburb of hartford connecticut and it is green and part of the connecticut river valley but it is just is it stars hollow adorable.
0: from gilmore girls
1: uh, yeah. It is wow, actually when you go rivers. into town. It is kind of similar to Stars Hollow. I'm sorry. It, it is sorry yes. to like. I know you're you're jealous. I get it. Yeah. So um. So, but yeah, no. It is just the cutest, most adorable, like small town feel. But like we are close to so many things. Uh, what about you? Favorite thing about you? Where you live?
0: Yeah. So uh, I'm in Denver, Colorado. I'm in a little neighborhood in the northeast side. It's cute, too. It has, like, farmer's markets and movies on the green. So, actually, tonight is our last movie on the green of the season. They're playing In the Heights, which I've never seen. Oh. Um, yeah, it's cute. And the one thing I really love is currently being um, two blocks away from my kid's school, so that's very, very convenient. So I love that. Yes, that is amazing.
1: Um, but, you know, none of that has to do with with our guest. Again, we're just in total icebreaker mode recently before introductions, but that does not take away from the incredibleness of our guest, and we're excited for you to listen.
0: Welcome, Courtney Johnson, to the podcast. Courtney, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Courtney, where to start with your journey? First, I will mention uh, that you are an attorney because we love having attorneys on the show. (laughs) We being definitely me. (laughs) Um, I I, I like the attorneys too. It's fine. Good, Um, (laughs) good. But you also have a personal journey. So do you want to start by giving a little bit of background of where you are and kind of what started you on this path towards learning about assisted reproductive technology?
2: Sure. Um, Yeah. So my name is Courtney Johnson and I'm an attorney. I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I was born and raised here. And I guess I'll give a little bit of bio just so we can know where I'm coming from. Um, So I live in Jacksonville. I went to the University of Florida for undergrad and Florida State for law school. I've been practicing uh, almost 10 years now. And um, my husband and I met in high school and dated all through college. He was in the military while I was in college. And then we got married, um, midway through law school, which was crazy thinking back. Um, but we got married and we moved back to Jacksonville and that's where both of our families are from. And we bought a house and, you know, attempted to start our family and, um, it took us quite a while and a really long journey that we can dive into more here, but uh, eventually we ended up having our son who was born the day that the pandemic was announced in the United States
0: Wow! Uh, oh, in, wow. in March
2: of 2020. Um, through the gift from an amazing gestational surrogate, um, I mean, so in the, a way, that's okay. a good.
0: In a way, that's good timing, right? That you know what
2: you're going to be home anyway.
0: <laughs> everyone's it, forced to be home anyway.
2: You know, and he actually came five weeks early, and we that. kind of joked that he like had some, you know, sixth sense that he was supposed to go ahead and be born because if he had been born later, like in mid-April when he was supposed to be born, I really don't know that we would have that my husband and I would have been able to go to the hospital and, and all of that stuff. So it timing wise, it really did work out really perfectly.
0: That's great. Um, so did you know pretty early on about needing a surrogate or how did that path go for you? And uh, was it a smooth transition? <laughs> or shocking?
2: So, um, no, we did not know pretty early on that we would need a surrogate and it was very shocking. Um, we, you know, had started trying and it, nothing was happening and, um, you know, went down the path of going to a reproductive endocrinologist and eventually determined that IVF would be our best path to have a child. And so we went through an entire round of IVF, made embryos, uh, and I either had, um, miscarriages or those, they just didn't even implant. Um, and so then we kind of switched doctors at the practice and, um, did another kind of like in the, in the process of like redoing all the exams on me and everything. The doctor discovered that I had a condition that might, that I was born with that, um, could possibly be causing the miscarriages or if nothing else would make it difficult to carry a pregnancy to term. Um, but he, you know, had confidence that we could do it. So we started, we did another round of IVF Mm -hmm. and, um, did a couple more transfers that ended in either miscarriages or again, just failed, failed transplant, um, transfers. And, um, you know, for those kind that of, haven't, you kind of
0: skim over it, but I feel like I'm sure that was so much time and so much emotional, like roller coasters. Yeah.
2: Years. Yes, it was. And, you know, for those that, um, aren't familiar with IVF and are don't kind of understand all that goes into it. Um, so when you make embryos, I mean, Those are seen as like, not even to get into religion or politics or anything like that, but those are seen as, at least for me, it was like a tangible chance to have a child. And so every time it didn't work out, even if it was okay, I've had a transfer and I walk around for two weeks thinking that I might be pregnant. It just, it just really, for me personally, it just gutted me every time it didn't work. And then not Mm. to mention having the miscarriages and um, some, a couple of ours were like after heartbeat and everything like that so that was just really challenging um i am glossing over it because to to put it to be real with it it was a very 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 dark time um yeah so we ended up after that many after i think it was seven or so transfers total he kind of said you know you might be there's really no other reason why and this condition that you have could maybe be why so yeah maybe you should i he's like i'm not going to discourage you he said "I'll, i'll keep trying but i you know it's not a bad idea maybe if you want to look into surrogacy. And how did you
0: start your research at that point?
2: So um, I also, during this time, I was going to a, uh, a mental health counselor here in Jacksonville that specialized in infertility. And if anyone's listening and going through uh, something similar. I cannot recommend enough seeing a professional like this because the doctors, you know, they take care of the science and the, the medical stuff, but just being able to have a counselor that you could talk to, it was just really helpful. And, and I was someone that had a supportive husband and supportive family and supportive friends, but um, just to be able to have that safe space, that was, I just, she meant a whole, a great deal to me during that time. Um, So she actually recommended, she gave me a list of maybe like five or six agencies the uh, surrogacy agencies that she had worked with before yeah. and I just started calling and interviewing them essentially uh hey, so then I ended what, up yeah sorry, what, what were you
0: looking for at that point and what you know, what kind of like said do made you decide one over the
2: other really didn't know um I knew that we were going to have to use an agency because um everyone else in our like circle of family and friends was still building their own families and so um they weren't in a position you know i think for surrogates they like them to be done having their own family or at least have some some closure Mm -hmm. finality in that regard so um there was no one and then just the the task of going to ask someone that just i couldn't do it at that point in time i just Couldn't. So that's kind of how we knew we were going to need an agency to begin with. Um, And then as far as narrowing them down, so we had already been, by the time we got to an agency, we had already been, I would say, trying for five years and had been on treatments and stuff for three years at that point. So honestly, it came down to timing. And in the scheme of things, it's kind of silly that this is how I made my decision. But, um, you know, some of them you, you call and they say, okay, well, we can have you matched in three to six months. And to me, that just felt like an eternity at that point. Uh, so the agency that we ultimately ended up going with, um, they kind of operated a different way than what all of the other agencies were. And they said, well, we've got, I've got seven or so profiles of potential surrogates I'll send you right now.
1: Wow! And there was a lot of
2: transparency in that. Whereas I think the standard, at least from those others that I had uh, talked to and then just my, you know, knowledge about the industry is that it's, they kind of match you. So for, for me to see the profiles, that was, that was like really reassuring to me at that point in time, because also, you know, in addition to not, to knowing that we were going to have to use a stranger, um, I also didn't know a single person in my whole life, you know, even like a friend of a friend or a cousin's cousin or anything that had used a surrogate. So I'm like, who are surrogate? What type of people are surrogates? You know, so I was, I liked the idea of a being able to see kind of who these women were. And so, within that batch of, I believe it was six or seven profiles that she sent me, uh, our eventual surrogate, uh, Kayla, is her name. She, her profile just immediately stood out, and I sent it to my husband and I said, This is her. And he said, Looks wow. good. And so that's how we kind of move forward with that. And then we still, of course, had to uh, like each other and officially match and everything like that. But the agency kind of um, set up our communication from that point on. That's Sorry. And I'm
1: still like stuck on the, the, the matching time difference is that now, I mean... I'm personally and I know a lot of agencies are telling people 12 to 18 months right now to find a match
2: I know I know so this would have been in um summer Pretty of 2018 yeah. yes yeah wow wow
1: so did they and I mean obviously you can push back on any amount because we're we're not identifying the agency that you went through and things like that but like how did that so you saw the profile and they sent a profile to her did they actually introduce you were they part of that conversation together how did that part go as you like pre match getting there.
2: Yeah, sure. So I saw her profile first and um it's you, you guys know what it looks like, but it's, you know, it's like pictures of her and her family and her, you know, info about me. Um, you know, kind of her position on yes, I'm willing to carry this many or not, or yes, I'll breastfeed, no, I won't. And then it just said, you know, like she had reasons about why she wanted to be a surrogate. Um and then we did our own profile as well that's like i probably wrote way too much in it I have like such lawyer problems you know like let me over explain <laughs> and over analyze everything but we did our own profile with pictures of us and our background and our story and what kind of relationship we were looking for and what what type of you know like things we wanted to do with our child things like that so she had so i got her profile and was like oh yes and then so then they shared our profile with her and she I guess, agree, <laughs> I guess, liked us, and uh, agreed, and so then at that point, the agency was like, okay, well, you guys are going to do, at this point, it was Skype, um, you guys are going to do a Skype call with your husbands as well, like all four of you, and I believe it was scheduled for maybe like a week after that, but they said, in the meantime, um, are you, are you comfortable with it if she wants to text you? I said, okay, oh. so we ended up texting like during that week. And so we kind of had some, some familiarity with each other a little bit um, before that wow. call that and video. Was, call. The, was the agency at that video call? No, no. Wow. Okay. So then what we did after is, um, you know, we each said, okay, yes, we, we liked her and him and wanted to move forward. So then it was pretty quickly after that where they were like, okay, you both agreed. Now, another issue, another thing on her end though, is she had already been a surrogate, um, which is partly why I was really drawn to her because I knew that she uh, knew what she was getting into in terms of the injections and the medication Mm -hmm. and the appointments. Um, And just what an amazing, she carried twins for a couple um, from China (laughs) two years before our son. So, I mean, just what an amazing human being. Um, So maybe since, you know, maybe since she knew what she was getting into maybe that's why there was a little more freedom with our uh stuff I don't know but it worked out
0: (laughs) which in terms
2: of location was she
0: close to you or absolutely not
2: (laughs) (laughs) um so we so since the agency that we ended up going with was in California most of the people were on that side of the country and at that point that honestly did not really bother us because again i i was like well if we're we're gonna have to wait six months to get messed with someone in florida or georgia let's just go ahead um and so she lives in las vegas so just about as far across not as far but uh across the country yes at least major airport right (laughs) yeah well jacksonville doesn't have any directs so i yeah very familiar with atlanta and charlotte and houston and dallas and all those airports
0: think right. so, and did everything so, go pretty smoothly?
2: Uh, with her, yes. Yeah. So, after it, so do you want me to just go through like what the next so we matched yeah. in July, June? It was around my sister's wedding, so it was around June or July of 2018. Um, but then our son was not born until March of 2020. Um, so you know, after that, we did legal and um all the medical clearance and every, the agency might've, she already, she might've already had medical clearance. Um, so it kind so, of started that.
1: But wouldn't she have had to have gone to your clinic for that?
2: So what we ended up doing was, um, I kind of needed a break from things at our clinic, not to say anything bad about them. It just had been no, no, no. a lot of like heartbreak every time we walk in the doors. And so we ended up using a clinic, um, actually in San Diego, which is just like, we're just playing like where in the world is Matt and Courtney Johnson, it seems like, but um, that we ended up using a clinic in San Diego that the agency recommended. And uh, you know, I was, I, I have to say I, the agency's recommendations and as far as everything that we um, went through with our journey were wonderful. They recommended our attorney that was in California, which we I love. And they recommended this doctor in San Diego. And um, I had a shortly after that, they, they said, we think you should maybe use him. It'd be easier on her just to travel like a day's worth of travel instead of flying across the country um, you know, it's an hour long flight, I think from Las Vegas to San Diego. So uh, I wanted to make it as easy on her as possible as well. You know, she had a job, she's, she was a teacher. She had at that point, her kids were, you know, like three and five or something. Um, so I wanted to make it as easy on, as her, on her as possible. And I just also really liked the doctor in San Diego. He's very personable. And, um, so I had a good feeling about it. So that's, we ended up, Shifting things to that side of the country. We did the first transfer in November of 2018, and that was when I first met Kayla in person. And I was, you know, that's like going on the biggest blind date of your life <laughs> uh, in terms of, just, you know, feeling nervous and everything like that. But it was great, and we would do. She did the transfer, and then we, um, the doctor recommended a couple of days of bed rest. So we just got. Takeout in the hotel room, and we this is so weird. But we got hooked on um, The Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> neither <laughs> of us had watched it, so we watched <laughs> it. And now it's kind of like a thing we will text about it when it's when the new seasons come. I know that's like so weird. <laughs> like, oh, that's you know, but that's what we were watching. We'd watch, and I, um, I
0: haven't watched it, but I understand it's a documentary of things.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, right. I, I believe it takes place in 2023. Um, <laughs> so, Um, yeah, so that we just kind of like bonded over all of that. And then, um, that transfer was a chemical pregnancy. And so then we had the, you know, they kind of have to wait. And then the next one was in January. And so each of those times I flew out, I would meet her in San Diego and do all of that. And we just really bonded, um, during that time period. And then the, um, Transfer with our son was in July of 2019, and we it's so it's coming up on almost three years ago now, which is crazy. And for that one, that was so our our um, surrogacy agreement had arranged for there to be three possible transfers, and so it was like our you know last shot. And my husband went, and so did her husband. So that was fun. And um, then after that, my husband and I flew to Las Vegas for the heartbeat appointment. And I, after that, I went to Las Vegas weekly for the rest of the first trimester appointments. And I would get there at like midnight and leave again at nine. You know, she'd get the first morning appointment at the clinic and then I'd leave again right after that. So it was a very chaotic time, but um, I was really grateful to have the opportunity to go and be part of all of that. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: If I may ask, like you know, you obviously you shipped embryos. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people right now are facing that. And again, to the extent you're, if you're comfortable, if you're not, like how how nerve wracking was that? If you had to move embryos from Um, one place
2: to another. Oh, you well, you mean people are facing that right now because we've just had such a quiet summer in terms of reproductive rights. Yes, completely. <laughs> That's exactly it. I
1: am past dancing around how quiet our world is and how um, fearful people yeah. are not for sure. <laughs> um,
2: it was it was pretty nerve wracking, actually. Um, yeah. Funnily enough, our I think our doctor here was not super familiar with it, and he he was under the impression that we were going to drive them like in a oh. like cooler. <laughs> like, no, no, we're going to Florida that. to California. <laughs> yes, wow, <laughs> yes. Um, Is, no, like she's not just, how it works. Oh, we'll just the, it the, road, the road seat, trip with the embryos drive
1: 45 <laughs> hours straight. It'd be fine. Um,
2: I mean, at, this, at that point I probably would have said, okay, <laughs> but, um, no, they had, there was, there's like shipment companies. I I forget the one that we used. I would know it if you said it, but, um, it, it was, it was, was nerve wracking, but it was also very secure. They provide tracking and you can, I remember, I'm pretty sure you can kind of track it along the way. And then the, the clinic in California, of course, confirmed okay. when they got there and everything like that. So, so you you kind of
1: and I I know because we we can bury the lead on our end and we know, but you you imply that there were some potential issues with the agency. You're like the recommendations were good, but there were some other things. Do you do you mind talking about that experience? Because I I think it's it's good for people to hear when things go wrong or when they're disappointing so that they know what questions to ask in the future, you know, as to what would make their journey better or more fitting for them.
2: Sure. And I don't know that I would even say issues, you know, I think that, um, just possible, just from my experience, so I had dealt with, we'd been going on, you know, by the time our son was born, I think six or seven years of infertility. And, um, one of the things that they handled and and my, our surrogate and I have, I mean, I was just, I texted her immediately before we started uh, <laughs> a video of my son spelling his name and just catching Aww. up. Um, we have a wonderful, wonderful relationship. So this is nothing about her at all. Um, but we, the, the agency had us both having the same coordinator kind of go back and forth. And I had kind of wished maybe once or twice that we would have each had, a separate person from the agency? Because, you know, it when you're dealing with things as important as this, or, you know, money gets involved or things like this. It couldn't be, there can be some, some topics or discussions that sometimes are like, eh, this is a little, this is just not something, I, not a conversation I might want to have with her directly. It would have been easier in some regards to have, uh, like a separate agency person maybe instead of the same one as she did because it was kind of and maybe this is also just me having putting my lawyer hat on but I you know it's I kind of felt like well who are you representing or who are you advocating for um so in that regard that was maybe just like a little just maybe not my preference as to how I would have want I could have seen maybe if I had like a not as good of a relationship with my surrogate that maybe that would would have been challenging Um, and then, you know, and this is, again, I was just so in such a dark, dark place there, but, um, the agency just treated every transfer and every, every heartbeat confirmation and every appointment just so joyously, which is amazing that they do that. Um, but I was someone that was, that had been through multiple transfers, I'd seen the baby's heartbeat and then not seen heartbeats, and so I just, I kind of needed them to just leave me alone, (laughs) and and I'm sure that's a hard line of where they want you to know that they're checking in and that they're hopeful for you, but I was just filled with so much anxiety, uh, you know, to piggyback off of that, so our son was born on a Wednesday, and on Monday afternoon, um, Kayla texted me and said, I'm not really feel don't freak out but I'm not I'm kind of feeling I'm not really feeling that great I'm gonna go to the doctor Uh, she was having like some early contractions and my response to her was oh okay but you feel him moving right I mean that's just how I was I just did not even really want to I just didn't even really exhale until he was born um So in that, it's a little tough to have someone saying, oh, you'll be great. I've had, I've had three children of my own and carried three babies for intended parents. And it's, the transfer is so beautiful and well, it, it isn't always. So it's, I I feel like it's, you know, just some extra sensitivity training maybe.
0: And that's good for. People who are thinking about being surrogates to think about, too, where they want to celebrate with you and enjoy every joyous moment, but also need to remember that you <laughs> that an intended parent might have been through a really rough time and isn't in a place to celebrate, but just really holding their breath through everything.
2: Yes. And my surrogate was very conscientious of that and very understanding of my um, anxiety and things like that. So we were lucky with that. Were, I mean, looking back now,
0: was there anything that you wish you had known earlier or that you had done anything different from the beginning?
2: Oh goodness. I hadn't really thought about it like that. Um, no, it's hard. I don't think so. No. Uh I mean, it's good. Well, no, No
0: regrets. Right. But I guess if you're talking to someone else who's going like, Hey, look for this or think about this.
2: Um, you know, I never regret Kayla or where she lived, but in, when he was born and he was born an hour later, that was, uh, so I was in Jacksonville cause it was five weeks early. Um, you know, I, I get, and it's funny because the day before I, I my husband was in Japan, which is a whole nother wrinkle in the story, but my husband was in Japan when he was born actually <laughs> for work. Um, And I had told her, I said, I just really feel like I just need to go ahead and go out there. (laughs) I was like, it's another month. Where are you you going to go? We have a dog at home. Like, you have your job. You cannot just go live in Las Vegas for a month. And we had a good friend from And you're like, watch me go live in (laughs) (laughs) my We had a good friend from here actually that moved out there like in the middle of the pregnancy. So we stay would stay with him and I'm like, I'll just move in with Brett. It's fine. My husband's like, You are not just gonna move in with him. Um, but I guess looking, you know, when she called Monday and said, I'm not really feeling that great, I I guess maybe I I wished I had been there when he was born. But, you know, everything happened the way it was supposed to and it's okay. There were a lot, I was, you know, being, I was carrying on and crying hysterically about not being there. But then as soon as I got there, it was all fine.
0: And how has this experience changed you professionally?
2: Um, Yeah. So I had, have practiced litigation um, pretty much since I started practicing law in um, 2012. And it's, it's um, I enjoy it. I enjoy doing that, but it's very adversarial. Um, we have arguments about sometimes little, sometimes big things. Um, and this area of law, just going through this journey um, as a parent, I had the kindest lawyer. Uh, his team was great. And it just made me really want to get into this. It's so positive, And it's just like the greatest thing you can do to help people Form their families. And so I am, and with the, I'm at a wonderful law firm in Jacksonville. I'm at Mark's Gray and we do a variety of uh, practice areas, but they are um, being extremely supportive in allowing and supporting me to grow uh, a practice area and focusing on surrogacy and assisted reproductive technologies. And I just am hopeful that this can, you know, I can share my personal experience and journey with either surrogates or intended parents going through this journey and kind of provide, if nothing else, not only legal representation, but also reassurance and compassion and empathy.
0: Definitely. I was looking at your profile and kind of laughing at how, how varied it was and diverse that it's like product liability and, <laughs> and surrogacy. But you also have listed insurance coverage, which does become a big issue. So that would, I'm sure that is incredibly handy to have. Yes. Have yes. There.
2: Well, and I just think, you know, having that background of, of litigation helps me to really zealously advocate for, um, the parties I'm representing and make sure that everyone's best interest is taken care of.
0: Definitely. Um, what, what's next growing your, growing your family, growing your practice, any? Oh, goodness.
2: That's the the first question. That's the million dollar question. Um, that
0: that we know never to ask, but, do
2: (laughs) uh, the short answer is we'd love to, uh, that's the short answer. Um, growing the practice. Yes. Just continuing to do that. Really focusing on, um, just our local Florida work here. And, um, you know, it's funny, Ellen, I, I know when I, um, so I have gone to the past two American Bar Association, uh, Family law conferences. And Jennifer, I don't know if Ellen told you this, but when I, so when I, when we decided we needed a surrogate, I was like a sponge as far as trying to absorb all the information I could about it. And like I said earlier, find out who the women were that were surrogates and who the who the families or individuals were that had used a surrogate you know everyone's example they think of is kim kardashian and that's you know (laughs) she's brought a lot of you know inform you know awareness 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 is a good good word yes she has, but um it's you know i can't really relate with to Kim Kardashian. So I was trying to find, you know, who are the people in the real world that are doing this or, or using a surrogate. And so I, I went on the Apple podcast app and started typing in surrogacy stuff and, um, it popped up with y'all's podcast and I just Aww. listened to it so much. And so then when I was at the ABA conference and the first day they had everyone in the art section, the assisted reproductive technology section, um, Stand up and introduce themselves, and the person in front of me said, "I'm Ellen Trackman," and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I thought I was like like a a liberty (laughs) moment.
0: (laughs) Um, I would make fun of you for it, but I <laughs> did the identical thing. There was another podcast when I started that I was listening to and the host was at, I think it was an ABA conference and I was like, oh, I listened to your podcast. And I think she's like, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, but very, I am, I am so flattered fun. by it. So
2: thank you. <laughs> um, i We didn't talk about, I think we kind of got sidetracked as far as like what happened in between matching and then when our son was ultimately yes we did yeah
0: any other part of your journey or your story that you'd want to share
2: uh just you know if, if someone's listening to this and they're considering using a surrogate just to let them know that it's it's gonna all be okay and you know sometimes I don't even remember that that was how my son came into the world we talk about it a lot now that he's two almost two and a half and can kind of understand we we do say that he grew we say he grew in Kayla's belly because mama's wasn't working um so that's what he that's what he knows and he knows that he was born in Las Vegas where they have the big Ferris wheel <laughs> um, <Nice>. and uh, <laughs> that's what he he's into Ferris wheels. so <laughs> um you know so I I just remember I when when told, you know, you might want to consider using a surrogate, I was just devastated about all that I was gonna miss, you know, the feeling the kicks and the appointments and even, you know, getting the what I had envisioned as being a super cute baby bump. Probably would not have been, but um just all of that. You just I just really was in a lot of mourning about that. But then looking back, that's such a short period of time in your child's actual life. Um that it, you know, I don't wanna say it doesn't matter because of course it matters, it's a beautiful thing, but um it's not something that I still am, you know, depressed about. The fact that we had to use a circuit. Yeah. Uh, if anything, true. not at all. It's given us, you know, I consider her to be like a sister and Aww. if she needed my left arm, she could have it. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's great perspective. Love it. Well, we appreciate you sharing your journey and your story with us. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Courtney, for joining us. And hopefully we'll have a an update later on future, future news with her family.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, speaking of ways, if you want to update, you can absolutely go to our Facebook group. You know, the, I want to put a baby in you Facebook group. I will caution again. I know I've probably said this a few times recently, that please, if you want to join the group, you do need to answer the questions. And if you don't answer them, I won't let you in. Uh, you, it's super simple. It is, what is your favorite episode? And I I will take any answer for that. Um, And also, why do you want to join the group? And it's, again, a very simple weeding question because I need to make sure that it's not the people who answer. I want to put a baby in you. No, because that's that's not the reason that I need people to join that group. I, I our name aside, <laughs> I am totally not going to let those people in. Um, so please, though, come join us and and join the the community and the discussion, or you can leave us a message at three zero three nine nine seven one nine zero three, and we would be very excited to hear from you. But thank you, thank you to you all for being here. Thank you to thank our you team. So much to Tyler, to to Melissa, to Amanda, and to you.